Hello and welcome back to the final episode of the second week of the Advent season, the Real Friends podcast, where we are talking about the theme of peace. This is episode number seven of peace. How peaceful are we, are we all feeling, gentlemen? Are you feeling shalomi? Is Very that a verb shalom. or an adjective? I feel quite shalomi. Shalomi? I don't think we need to get a t-shirt with shalomi on it. We'll just stick with... Shalom, yo. Exactly right. Uh, so, uh, just to recap really, really quickly, we talked about the uh, facets uh, uh, peace, peace with God, peace with self, and that can lead to hopefully peace with others. And now we've been talking about ways to appropriate that peace, which is That's prayer, right. obedience. And now finally, we are going to talk about trust. So, Tyler is going to read to us our verse, uh, John 14 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. All right, so here Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and you've got to remember, you know, G- Jesus is going to, to ascend to the Father, and he has instructed his disciples. Uh, he has taught them. He has told them, you know, to go to the, all the world and preach the gospel. And, you know, he he's warned them. He's been very candid that, you're going to be persecuted. Life's not going to be easy. But now he says to them, listen, uh, I'm leaving you my peace. But he still has to tell them, don't let your hearts be troubled. So so they have to appropriate this peace, They, which means they've got to trust him. Yeah, right. Trust what they've been taught and trust that they are being, uh, you know, that they are still going to have the Holy Spirit to help remind them as they go out to uh, appropriate their own peace and to uh, teach others all about Christ. That's right. In our small group, we've been, uh, again, rehashing the book of Revelation. And, you know, the, the, one of the main themes of the book of Revelation is, you know, perseverance in the midst of, of trouble and turmoil and tribulation. And, you know, John just you know by inspiration of the holy spirit he he just compels the the people there of the first century to to persevere and to trust god and and you know he's essentially saying that there are going to be lots of bad things that happen to you nightmarish things are going to be happening that, to that's the right world. yeah there there's going to be all kinds of trouble that that comes your way but but he constantly gives them this behind the scenes look at the the throne room of god to show that he's sovereign he has a plan and that that the promises that God will be with him and they will eventually be vindicated. And so, you know, really you could say that John is is calling the first century Christians and us to trust God in situations that we might not understand. To trust him in the worst of times. And you know, one of the things, you know, it's it's easy to talk about trust. I think we would all like to say, yeah, sure, we trust God. It's quite another to actually live and walk in that trust. Yeah, funny how actions can be a little bit more difficult than uh, sometimes just speaking words or thinking words. And so, as we've often done throughout this podcast, we want to make things relatable, although I'm very disappointed. I'm hoping that most of the listeners will know the movie Love Actually. It turns 20 years old this year. It is a Christmas movie, unlike Die Hard. And (laughs) you two, when I mentioned it, just gave me absolutely blank looks, which I could try to describe, but, you know, this is not a a visual. Yeah, this is not a visual medium. So, uh, so dear listener, I'm going to trust that you have either seen the movie or at least have some knowledge of the movie, that there's lots and lots of different pairs or groups of characters yeah. in this movie. Matthew is really confident in his manhood, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it's got a lot of. It's got. A, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, I can't think of the movie word. Buff. I'm a, yeah, movie buffs and a follower, whatever. And this has every great British actor from the late '90s, early 2000s that you can possibly imagine. But the one, uh, the pair of characters I'm going to talk about here, and it's not even really one of the uh, major sets in there, is the actor Colin Firth, who plays a mystery writer. And who discovers in the lead up to Christmas early in the movie that his wife is cheating on him with his brother, not very Christ-like at all, and uh, decides understandably that he is going to leave her, needs to you know, you know, get away from her, get some space at the very least. And being a writer, um, and this is something of a trope, he actually has a cabin in the woods. And with that cabin in the woods is uh, he has... You know, previously signed up over the years with like a cleaning service, basically. To I just want to pause for him and say, now you've got Tyler's attention talking about a cabin in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and out by a lake, no less. And uh, still ain't there. So the girl um, who is taking care of this cabin for him, both while he's not there and while he is there here in the storyline of the movie, is Portuguese and speaks just about no English whatsoever, which is a tiny bit more than he knows of Portuguese. And yet, despite this, throughout the movie, they make a connection. Uh, It's clear that he has a romantic attraction to her, even though he doesn't know why. And as we come to learn, she also has one for him, even though he has no idea about that. So to jump fast forward towards the end of the movie, he decides to take a blind leap of faith. He's got some information. He's like, I know how I feel. I think that she could feel this way, but I have no idea why, because we don't have words. I am going to start teaching myself Portuguese. And you see in various scenes where instead of going out and doing things with friends, he's sitting with a pair of headphones on like we have right now. And he at, at like night language school, and he's repeating strange conversational phrases in very, very bad Portuguese. Portuguese. He has no idea how or why this is going to work, but he has faith in you know something he can't see, only what he feels, that if he does this, somehow things will turn his way and he will be able to win over this girl. Fast forward to the very last scene of theirs, pretty much in the movie, where he has gone to Portugal, going to get the girl, and is speaking very bad Portuguese to the entire family who is he is meeting before the love of his life comes out. And she comes out, and he's saying just nonsense in Portuguese, and she starts speaking a little bit of broken English. And he suddenly realizes he is... His feelings are reciprocated. She had no reason to try to start learning English unless it probably had something to do with him. Not now. He's like, you you learn English. Well, just, just in case, just in cases. So it may not be a perfect analogy of, uh, of, of trust in God, but sometimes we don't understand everything that has happened. We don't know God's plan. He's running the entire universe. But we can trust in what we're, you know, being told and what we feel when we know that it is according to his plan. And that even though we don't see how it is going to turn out wonderfully in the end, we can have that trust. And in fact, it does turn out to our benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, my good friend who, you know, has been diagnosed with, with cancer, stage four cancer. And 
It's just unbelievable. He, you know, though he doesn't understand why this has happened, and he doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. He believes that God can heal, but he has said to me, I mean, astonishingly, no matter what happens, I just want God to be glorified, and I, I trust His way is the best way. I, I really trust Him, and He's continuing to walk with God. That's unbelievable. And it's hard for us, certainly, as as uh, it's probably hard for you, as somebody knows Him, to see Him going through this, going. You may have trust, but how? You you don't know you've got a daughter, you've got a family. How can this be part of God's plan? How can this be, you know, for everybody's, you know, good and his, you know, and God's glory and all our benefit? But he trusts and we trust and we know that it will work out. And and you know, in that that's right. And this has resulted in unbelievable peace. I mean, you know, we we, we mention the verse all the time, you, you know, we, we quote it often, you know, that he'll give us peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know how many times we've rehearsed that throughout this this week, uh, you know, with the theme of peace, but Truly, that's what that's what this friend of mine has. He has it it makes no sense. How he could have a peace like this, but he Except, does. certainly not without trust, just unwavering trust. So I think we can all agree that it is very easy to talk about trust and think about trust, but it can be another really hard thing to enact that, to live that out fully. Pastor, I know that you have a, another uh, story uh, about uh, you know sort of a step by step, literal and figurative process of 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 trust or other people not trusting. Why don't you take us into that? So in 1859, Charles Blodine, perhaps the greatest tight rope walker of the 19th century, became the first to tight rope above the raging waters of the Niagara Gorge with no safety harness, no safety net. And you can't, if you haven't been there, you can't imagine how scary that is. I've been, have you been to Niagara, Tyler? No, I've seen pictures. But... Yeah, I haven't seen it from the Canadian side, but uh, let's, just say I wouldn't I would want to walk across only an incredibly wide bridge, one that was right. nearly as wide as Niagara Falls if I was going to walk over it. So after his first successful attempt, he returned to perform the, the daring stunt several times, each time drawing larger crowds. And uh, discontent with merely crossing the Niagara, he kind of had to up the ante each time. So, you know, one time he made the journey backwards. He wore a blindfold one time. One time he walked on stilts and even pushed a wheelbarrow across. And Ripley's website said that one time with a wheelbarrow, he actually he actually pushed a lion across the tightrope successfully. So there you go. This is a, a daredevil to say or the if least. It was a tranquilized lion. Perhaps or a stuffed animal. I think somebody was lying. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, my favorite account is the time when he stopped midway and he actually cooked and ate an omelet at the halfway point. Does that mean a chef came from the other side and met him and, and uh, he, like a short order cook? It. They had this, uh, I saw a picture, like a, a drawing of it and they had this, uh, I, I don't know the scaffolding that went over the rope and there was like a stove in the middle. And yeah, he actually fired it up and cooked an omelet and, and ate it. So right there on the tightrope. rope. So, so on one of his final attempts, he decided he wanted to up the ante even more. So here's what he did. He asked the crowd if they thought he could carry a man across the tightrope on his back. 
Well, the crowd, as you can imagine, roared with applause, declaring their belief in his success. You can do it! And then he followed up with another question. Who would like to volunteer? Silence. See, it's one thing to declare trust in someone, and it's quite another to relinquish complete control. So not wanting to disappoint the crowd that was reportedly about 100,000 people. Oh, wow. He, he turned to his manager, Harry Calcord, and he asked, he said, do you believe I can succeed at this feat? And Harry nodded his head, and then he did something profound. He climbed on his back. So Blodine, before crossing with Harry on his back, he, he turned to his manager and he said this. He said, listen, this is actually very dangerous. It would be very easy. With one misstep, we could both plunge to our death. But he said, if we want to survive, here's what you have to do. He said, you've got to truly trust me. He said, your, your tendency is going to be to want to counterbalance. But he said, that will not work. We'll fall. He said, if, if you want to survive, he said, you have got to move with me. It's not going to feel natural, but you've just got to flow with me, move where I move. You know, I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, there is this tendency that, that we have when we're following Jesus that, that when we don't understand, sometimes we want to go our own way. Oh, yeah. Fall back on our old, you know, our, our old ways, our old tendencies. That's right. If we, if we do that. We're, we're sure to, to plunge, right, to, to fall. But if we'll just trust Jesus step by step and, and, and go with him, then, you know, it, as difficult as that may be, we will make it to the other side. So let me take this analogy one step further. With Charles and his manager, Harry, there was a chance they could actually, no, no matter what, that they could one misstep and they would fall to their death. Mm -hmm. Not so with Christ. Not so with Christ. When we, let's say, get on Christ's back and we, we move where he moves, there is absolutely no chance of us falling into the raging waters. And here's why. Those waters, those tumultuous waters, they, you know, in the analogy that you could say they represent death, judgment. And the reason that if we are with Jesus, that, that we know we will not fall into those waters to our death is because... Jesus actually took the plunge himself. He jumped off the tightrope, so to speak, to bear the weight and the wrath of those waters so that we didn't have to. He appeased to those waters. That's right. And because he is raised never to die again, when we connect to Jesus by faith and we, we just go with him across the tightrope of life, we are safe and we can have perfect peace, perfect peace across the worst of situations that life might bring. And that came at great price to Jesus to give us that peace. And to show us that scripturally, uh, Tyler is going to close us out with a beautiful verse in Colossians. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on the earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So we've talked about peace all week and how wonderful it is 
that we can have peace with God, how wonderful it is that we can have inner peace, and how wonderful it is that we can have peace with others. And all that is made possible because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so if you can go and remember that about your daily uh, grind, hustle, and bustle here through this holiday season, wanting to keep Jesus at the forefront, keep that sacrifice first and foremost in mind, and that that allows you to trust everything that he wants you to do and to be obedient in him, praying to him, being thankful to him. And it should all tie together and enable Christ to stay at the forefront of your mind. That's right. And to close us out, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm quite aware that there are many people listening that are going through tragedies, going through dark circumstances, horrible times. And I just would like to pray, if I might, for those people. So, God, right now we lift up all of those listening who may be going through these tumultuous waters. They, they may be uh, going through very difficult times, tragedies. But I pray, Lord, that they would see beauty in each day, uh, that they would see the, the many things that you have given to us, that they would pray, that they would obey your word even when they don't understand. And I pray that they would uh, not try and attempt to carry these burdens themselves. Thank you that we have a, a Savior who, has, uh, who walks with us in, in the darkest seasons of life. Thank you that even in the, the midst of the most troubled times, that we can have perfect peace through Jesus. And so I just pray that they would trust you, that they would not be anxious for tomorrow. Lord, we do not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And so help all of us including the three of us around this table, to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, let our requests be known to you with thanksgiving. And may the peace of God guard our hearts and minds in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in his good name. Amen. Hey, hey, hey. Hello and welcome. You can do it!